0: Have you ever wondered how water from the earth travels to our sinks, or how water quality in our communities impacts more than our health? Well, I'm here today to discuss these ideas, as well as what you personally can do to improve your water quality, on today's episode of the Everyday Wonders of Science. Water quality is a topic that is attracting more traction, as conversations around climate change gain prominence. Access to clean, quality water is a necessity for every single person. In order to learn more about water quality and its associated processes, I spoke with Dr. Dave Swartney, a professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of Iowa. Dr. Swartney has over a decade's worth of experience in building devices to improve water quality. We began our conversation exploring our opening question. How exactly does water go from the earth into our homes? And and it depends on where you live, right? So like, Mm -hmm. let's take us here in Iowa City.
1: Um, The Iowa City is built on the Iowa River. And so we have that as a resource that we can use uh, to help sort of, you know, for for our daily life. And so that, you know, if you're near a drinkable body of water, like uh, what we call surface water, a lake, a river, um, a big enough sort of body that can support a population, folks will use that. Um, It requires cleaning, obviously we don't have, you know, surface waters tend to be a little bit dirtier than other sources because they're open air right I mean, Mm -hmm. we know that there's runoff into them everything that kind of moves off land when it rains so um so but we have a standard we have standards in place to protect the quality of the water that gets delivered we do have these treatment plants that are held to those fairly rigorous standards and I think you know that last bit that gets it to our homes is what we call the distribution system it's just a network of pipes that when you are um, served by a community water system in a city they treat it at one pay- place get it clean and they pump it out to you in your homes and you know all that's kind of invisible it's all below ground it's down the street you know you drive on it's It's pipes under your yard, into your home or your apartment building. You turn on your water and it's there.
0: However, as Dr. Swartney describes, this process looks a little different for people
1: that use well water. The other exception, I think, is for people that aren't served by a water supply. And so we have a bunch of people in the U.S. I think it's like 13, 14 million people that aren't served by what we call a community water system. They have to use what's you know their own private well that's on their property. They end up being fully responsible for their ability to maintain that well.
0: This responsibility can have major consequences on water quality, as these wells are not strictly regulated by the U.S. government. The use of low-quality water that has been contaminated can actually have negative impacts on one's health. First and
1: foremost, it's, it's a public health issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we think of risks from water, there's two big bins I would sort of characterize the first is what we call acute risks and that's you know if you drink water that's bad it makes you sick immediately like you feel the negative effect immediately the things that cause that problem there aren't many that we worry about actually in water there's only a handful of things that we regulate for like an an acute or immediate response like bacteria is one if you have Mm -hmm. bacteria in your water and it's a pathogenic bacteria something that can make you sick Um, If you ingest that and you get sick, it doesn't take a lot necessarily of some pathogens, a particular virus, a particular bacteria. So we do have to worry about those. Um, You know, wells can be vulnerable um, because depending on what's being done on the land, that could influence shallow wells. So say if you're applying manure, as happens a lot in the Midwest, um, and the bacteria that's in the manure works their way into water supply, that's, that's a big acute concern. You know, the other issue I talked about two big bins, you know, there's the acute or immediate risk. The other are the like the long-term health effects. And we call those chronic health effects. And so it's not so much that, you know, if you get exposed or or you have this, you know, say a chemical in your water that you're going to feel the damage immediately, it's stuff that accumulates over time. And so these are more the things that you worry about that might lead to cancer cases or, you know, liver and uh, kidney issues down the road, simply because it's, you know, you're getting exposed to a little bit. Each day, over maybe the thirty years you live on a property, and over time that builds up.
0: The first step in improving your water quality is identifying contaminants that may be in your water. Doctor Swartney states that there are three major contaminants to be wary of. So yeah, we can start with lead. You know, I think lead is
1: one where the reason I think we should care about it is one we know, it, we, we used it in a lot of building materials, plumbing, um, it was in paint, uh, it's been industrial processes where, you know, we use it in leaded gasoline. So there's a really, there's a high prevalence of it still in the environment, even though we now realize it's bad for us and we've done everything we can to try to get it out. Um, I, you know, I think people need to be aware of their hazards to lead in the home. And I need to, I think they need to think more about how, particularly if you're in older homes, um, that you know, lead could be in your plumbing, and that it you know you could be getting some exposure through your drinking water. I'll I'll say the second one, which probably would have been my first if you had mentioned lead, is nitrate. Um, so uh, nitrate is coming up a lot. Places all over the U.S. struggle with it. We struggle with it immensely here in the Midwest because it's a uh, a byproduct of all of our agricultural activities, and so. Uh, fertilizer that goes down as something like ammonia uh, eventually turns for its way into nitrate in the environment. And it's why we have high levels of nitrate in drinking water in both groundwater and surface waters alike. The last one is this sort of emerging chemical class known as PFAS. So it stands for per and polyfluoral alkyl substances. And that's a, a big mouthful. But what you need to know about it is it's actually a family of three or 4,000 chemicals that make up... PFAS, which is abbreviated as PFAS, and they're all over the news lately because we've used them extensively. It's go dating back to like the 1940s in a variety of commercial products. The most like obvious ones are like Teflon. All the properties about this chemical class are the things that we like. They repel water. Uh, they're stain resistant. And so if you've used Gore-Tex and Teflon or you've seen Scotchgard, those have used things like these perfluorinated chemicals we're now realizing they're really bad they don't break down in the environment so they don't go away people call them forever chemicals and they're very toxic
0: meaning that they can have health effects at really low levels by identifying products in your home that may contain these common contaminants you can take steps to begin to improve your water quality. One of the cheapest ways to do this is buying a Brita filter, which is known to help reduce lead present in tap water. Though there are also more expensive options that can improve the water quality in your home as a whole. For protecting yourself, your best bet is using an in-home treatment
1: technology or treatment unit if you can afford it. So I want to say up front that um you know these units are usually expensive. I mean, I, I know they run the, the gamut, they, they run the range from like... um you know, a, a pitcher filter with Brita, I think that many of us are probably familiar with, uh, all the way to like a whole home unit that you might install in your basement or outside the home and have some, an expert come and maintain it once a year. So, it, you know, we can be talking about thousands of dollars of installation cost and and mm-hmm. non-trivial amounts, hundreds of dollars of replacement and maintenance.
0: While this episode has focused on a lot of specific information on water quality, water itself impacts our day-to-day lives in a plethora of ways, from cooking and cleaning to going for a swim on a hot summer day. But it also plays a major role in our communities and social interactions.
1: And I think we're seeing this more in other parts of the U.S. If you don't have reliable water, communities can't grow. Communities can't thrive. Um, You can't have businesses. You can't build new homes. Uh, you can't have elementary school.
0: I hope that this episode has given you a better perspective on the impact of water and why it is important to have clean, high-quality water in your home. Even more so, I hope that you are able to see ways water quality impacts your everyday life. This is Preston Johnson signing off. And as always, stay curious.